You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast with me, your host, Jerry Schiffman. On this show, we help end stigma and promote honest and fact-based education around mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy, but occasionally we talk about other topics as well. This week's episode is a conversation with Joshua White, the co-founder and executive director of the Psychedelic Peer Support Line Fireside Project. But first, without further ado, Kid Mental, let's go. Things ain't always gonna go our way. You can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday. But today is for a new beginning. Choose your struggle. And don't worry about what they say. But you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back. Yes, that's true. Come on and listen in to choose your struggle. Choose your struggles. Choose your struggles. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I want to start by saying thank you, just seriously thank you for everybody who reached out to say uh, what last week's episode meant to them on Friday. Last week's Friday episode was, was what I mean. Yeah, telling the Wendy story was very difficult. Uh, some of you were like, "Man, that was hard to listen to." Uh, I loved that feedback. That was that was fantastic. I appreciate how much everyone understood. You know how much that story meant to me. There was a lot of that. Um, a couple people, you know, shared things that it made them think of. It just it, it meant a lot, and, and, and I really appreciate that. I'm recording this in Cincinnati. If I <laughs> if I sound stressed, I am. I, I mentioned that we were coming here uh, last week, I think. But uh, we we came into town to get uh, our old house ready to sell, and then uh, on <laughs> was it Thursday, like two days before we left. Uh, my mom let me know that they are selling their house where I'm where I'm currently recording this, which is awesome. It, it's it's a big house for the two of them, and it just makes sense. And you know, Lauren keeps asking me, "Well, aren't you sad? You know, it's your childhood house." And you know, sure, I guess, but uh, it, it's it's a good move for them. I'm very happy for them, but <laughs> it threw a kink into our plans because uh, we had just planned to move some stuff from the basement of our old house into this one, and so. <laughs> Um, the fact that we can't do that anymore really changed our plans a lot. You know, I, we had to not only move the stuff out of our old house, but all of my stuff from this house, right. Which was a, you know, a good amount of stuff had to be moved out. I had to rent a truck and got and find a mover. It, it's been a lot this week. So I say all of that to say, <laughs> number one, it's been stressful, but, but number two, um, the sound quality in this one, I, I, I did as much editing as I could. Um, it, it's fine. It's fine. It, it's just not as polished as normal. Also, I mentioned on this, um, and, and this will make more sense in a second that I was going to do an action before this episode came out. And, and I just didn't, uh, I apologized for, <laughs> to Joshua, today's guest for saying that and not doing it for that. That's the reality of the situation. The, the guest, as I just alluded to is Joshua White the co-founder and executive director of the Fireside Project. Now, this is a really cool uh, service, new service, not even a year old. It is a psychedelic peer support 
uh, 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 line for people to call in. They 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 call themselves this the psychedelic peer support line, and what they do is, um, it, it's it's for questions, it's for uh, guidance, not guidance. They don't they, they 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 specifically said that that's not what they're doing is guidance, but. I, I guess to, to, to be incredibly clear there, they're not guiding trips. That's not what they're doing. But but guidance in the in, in the, the, the way of um, knowledge. Right. I mean, before you embark on a, a um, enjoyment of a psychedelic journey to, to, to ask some questions and feel heard and just talk to somebody who, who understands. And, and if you're going through something, you know, if, 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 if it's a, a difficult trip, as, as Joshua talks on this, you know, there is no bad trips, just difficult trips. You can call and, and talk to someone who gets it, you know? So, um, I, I just love that this exists. Uh, I, I was made aware of it by a good friend, Katie, shout out to Katie. You, <laughs> I'm sure you're listening. And I'm very thankful that she did because I'm, as much as I wanted to get to try this, I didn't have a chance to, as I said, but I, I very much am excited to do so as someone who who really supports uh, the direction that we are heading in around psychedelics and, and the way that they can help people. So, uh, Joshua, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Thank you to you and the entire team at Fireside for doing all that you are doing to help people. It is so it just it's just so important and so appreciated and needed. So without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Joshua White of the Fireside Project. A quick shout out to my Patreon supporters. I am so grateful for your support and your love. Y'all have been with me since almost the beginning, and so much of this podcast could not be done without you. Almost to a person, they've all told me that they didn't join for the perks, although there are some pretty fantastic perks, but they've all joined just to support the show, and it really means so much to me. Now, if you join, you are going to get some stuff in return. You'll get sneak peeks, extra content, and the chance to interact with me on a second level. It's really a great way to show support if you love this show. So go ahead and check it out today. Go to patreon.com slash choose your struggle. The lowest tier is only $3.40 a month. And there's multiple tiers after that. There's something for everybody. So truly, I truly mean this. Thank you to all of my Patreon supporters. And if you've been waiting to sign up, well, now's a great time. So head on over to Patreon and show a little bit of love. Choose your struggle. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Jay. My name is Joshua White. I'm the co-founder and executive director of Fireside Project. I'm sure we will talk about all that that, that y'all offer. But before we get into that, uh, let's get to know you a little bit more. What what got you? What what made you in, get interested in this topic, and what got you to where you are today? Sure. So I think the story goes back about 20 years. I'm 43 years old now. Um, and that's when I started having my own psychedelic experiences. 
Um, I realized from the very beginning uh, just how how powerful the healing potential of psychedelics was. I was lucky enough um, from a fairly young age to you know to always have um, uh, my mental health insurance covered by my insurance company, and so I noticed that it was really the combination of my psychedelic experiences and being able to process them with um, with a therapist and also with a close community of friends that really made those psychedelic experiences come alive. Uh, for me, the, the central um, struggle that I've had in my life from a mental health perspective has been uh, crippling anxiety. And it was really through my deep work with um, ayahuasca mainly that I was able to uh, change my relationship with my anxiety. And um, it was only through changing that relationship with it uh, from one of hatred and self-loathing to understanding that allowed me to really let it go. Uh, to, give, to give one example, I remember there was one occasion uh, with ayahuasca when I was able to uh, go back in time with the help of the with the help of the medicine, and I was sitting on the floor of my room. Probably I was about four years old, and I was just I was just sobbing, and I, I saw what was happening. It was that I was desperate to connect, desperate to feel to feel love, and I wasn't receiving any of those things. In that moment. Uh, the Iowa, I saw myself create my own anxiety, and I saw that I had created my anxiety out of uh, deep love for myself because I wanted to protect myself from something far worse. And the anxiety stuck with me. Because of that experience, I was really able to see it as a solution to a problem that didn't exist anymore as a, as a person who... Um, grew up, I was able to really connect so well with people. And um, I really credit the ayahuasca experience and being able to talk about it with, um, with friends and with my therapist that, that caused um, the medicine to really activate and, and come alive and stay lit within me. Um, so at the time, I was a, I was a practicing lawyer um, working for the San Francisco City Attorney's Office, bringing impact litigation cases on behalf of vulnerable communities. Um, but, but I was so moved by the healing potential of uh, psychedelics that I began to explore a, a career transition from law to uh, psychology. And as part of exploring that transition, um, I had a few really impactful experiences. One was I, I took a class at Berkeley and um, one of the final projects was that we had to interview psychologists in the field that we wanted to go into and, uh, and write a paper on what we learned. And so at the time, I think it was 2011, 2012, the psychedelic movement was still uh, so much um, younger than it was now. And so I was able to speak with uh, Michael Mithofer, Alicia Danforth, and other psychedelic researchers and therapists who are really my heroes. And so that only kind of created more enthusiasm for me. I also uh, had a couple of volunteer experiences where I wanted to approximate what it would feel like to be a therapist. Um, so one of the experiences was working at the Zendo Project at Burning Man and Lightning in a Bottle, providing in-person uh, psychedelic peer support for people having intense um, experiences at festivals. And I, I just can't even put into words how beautiful those experiences 
were. Um, there's one in particular that uh, that comes up for me when I was working at Lightning in a Bottle. And at the time, Lightning in a Bottle was kind of on the edge of this reservoir and it had mostly dried up at this time of year. And there was this couple that had uh, the girl was feeling really overwhelmed by her first LSD experience, and the sound was just too intense. So initially, the two of them, uh, trying to get away from the sound, walked out onto this dried reservoir, just trying to find some re trying to find some refuge. And eventually, um, after realizing that wasn't the right way to go about it, they uh, they found their way to the Zendo project. And there was just this incredibly beautiful moment where I was holding space for. Um, for the woman, and she was able to really turn and and look at her experience rather than running away from it. And that moment was totally alchemical, I think, um, because when you're when you're fleeing whatever is within inside you, you give it you give it power. Um, when you turn toward it with compassion and curiosity, you can really learn from it and you can really use the experience as a way of not only getting to know every part of yourself but falling in love with every part of yourself the other volunteer experience that i had that was uh just as transformative for me was volunteering at a nonprofit here in san francisco called safe and sound and they have a 24 7 support line for parents with young children so the mission of that nonprofit is to help stop child abuse. And so part of the way that they did that was offering parents uh, this, this free support line that they could reach out to when things were feeling really intense. What made that support line so powerful was that at the end of every incoming call, we would say to our callers, hey, I really appreciate you reaching out to us. I'd love to give you a call back next week. And so we created these multi-year relationships with people on a support line. I had no idea that support lines uh, could serve that function. And it really also struck me too, just from a health equity perspective, how powerful support lines are, because a lot of my clients, I have the sense, couldn't afford therapy. Uh, or even if they could, uh, the, the freedom of being able to speak to a disembodied voice while alone in your apartment or wherever you like, uh, just struck me as revolutionary. So I didn't end up leaving my career as a lawyer. It wasn't the right decision at the time. But at the beginning of the pandemic, um, the world really did seem like it was going to hell. Uh, we saw the George Floyd murder. We saw the protests after that. We saw the West Coast of the United States literally on fire. And so the feeling that I had was what can I do to try to change the direction of the world? Because if I'm not going to do it now, then when the hell am I ever going to do it? So, of course, I thought to myself, what gives me the most hope for the world is the psychedelic community and the psychedelic movement. But when I was reflecting upon that, I realized that there were some serious shortcomings within the community. The first was that it was predominantly white. Um, no surprise why that's the case. You know, we're, we're at the tail end of this uh, 50 plus year war on drugs that has targeted people of color. Um, and another problem with um, the psychedelic community is we're on this highway to medicalization. 
um, that there, the vision that um, I think certain forces within the movement have is that the only people who should have access to psychedelics and care for psychedelics are people who have money and privilege and insurance. And that, that just needs to change. And so we created Fireside Project to, um, to really solve all of these problems, to help create a more inclusive psychedelic movement. And we could talk about how we'll do that. Um, and also to provide a, I think a really uh, radical counterpoint to this medicalization model of peer-to-peer -peer support for everyone, everywhere, for free. Well, thank you for all of that. That was, there were a couple of really incredible stories in there and, and you've given me so much, so many different opportunities, the, the different directions we could go and, and, and we can't get to all of them. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with, I think the one that has, uh, or, or at least is what I think very important. And that is, is it, we are seeing change happen sort of right in front of our eyes here. Obviously that's one of the things we're talking about now is this new service that, uh, that y'all are, are providing, but let's step back before we specifically get to that and, and, and look at sort of uh, the, the, how much has changed in the, let's say decade since you really started, you know, getting into this. I, I think it's hard sometimes to see the, the forest or, or see the trees for the forest here, which is that there's still so much wrong with, the war on drugs with, with this space, with health and mental health specifically in this country. But can you help us understand a little bit? Uh, I, I guess start off with this very basic question. Would this have been possible a decade ago? And if not, talk a little bit about how far we've come in the last decade. Hmm. I don't think this would have been possible a decade ago, though, though who knows? Um, at the time, I think, so so much was different. The, the, the idea that a city or a state uh, would decriminalize psychedelics would have been would have just been ludicrous. Um, I also think where we were in the FDA uh, clinical trials was still so far um, far far back in its infancy. I think we were you know barely starting phase two, maybe still in phase one. And I think the stigma that was associated with the use of psychedelics was still um, fairly fair, fairly strong. Um, you know, I was I was a lawyer at the time, and even though I went to Burning Man every year, and there was this kind of wink wink understanding that one does what one does at Burning Man, uh, the idea that I could that I could come out and with um, minimal fear of repercussion talk about my own psychedelic use was um, was just not likely. And then I think the other the other aspect of this was money you know it takes it takes money to start uh to start a nonprofit, and um now uh, fortunately there are a lot of people with money uh in in the psychedelic space and so it makes the the process of fundraising slightly easier um one of our biggest supporters is dr bronner's soap company um would dr bronner's have uh, helped fund fireside project 10 years ago i, I don't know i i think that just as just as there's a stigma associated with personally coming out of the psychedelic closet i also think that there was probably a stigma for large companies to publicly support uh psychedelic related nonprofits. so for all of these reasons i think there's just 
no way that uh, people would have used this 10 years ago or not nearly as many. You know, that's that's such an, I think, an important point about the stigma because you're right, there is almost uh, dual competing narratives here, which is that there are multiple people who are or, or vast amount of people who believe that, that this is only okay in the medical space or it's okay if it's a means to an end for more production, right? We've heard this so often of, oh, but, you know, microdosing, that's a thing the Wall Street guys do to be more productive, whatever. And we kind of shrug that off. Whereas I microdose and I think it helps me. It's nothing to do with my productivity. It helps my mood. It helps my, my mental health. So that, that, that stigma piece, I think it's, is so important. So, so. I think one of the hardest things that stigma can can do is keep, as you were saying before, people from sort of uh, accumulating around this idea. Talk about the the, the uh, how this got started and 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 how we got to a point where you know th- uh, what three weeks ago y'all were were featured by Rolling Stone. I mean that's a large a, l- a long way to go in a short amount of time. The the process was. Uh, it, well, I, I, I'll say this. The feeling that I've had from all along is that the universe wanted this to, to happen. Um, I do not believe for a moment that this idea originated in my brain. I think it floated into my head. And there's been so much that's that's really felt like uh, the, ha- the hand of fate or the hand of the universe at our back from the beginning. So here's one example. Um, um Let's see. So we were originally going to kind of publicly declare our existence uh, in January of 2021. Um, But in the summer, in about in about September of 2020, um, I was sitting around talking with uh, one of my co-founders, Nikolai Lawson. And the way that I met him is also just an amazing serendipitous story. He lives in Denmark. But um, I I was saying to him, you know, there's just... There's so much going on in the psychedelic space right now. Can't we just can't we just like announce our existence sooner? Like, what's the soonest you can get the website done? And so we picked October 28th, 2020, almost just without that much consideration. But it turned out that October 28th, 2020, so that was the day that we that our website went live and we started posting on social media. Five days later, on November 3rd, D.C. and Oregon decriminalized psychedelics and Oregon adopted Measure 109. So that was amazing. So from from sort of day five, it felt like the wind was at our back. But then it got even more amazing. A week after the November 3rd election, Scott Wiener, my former boss at the San Francisco City Attorney's Office, announced on Twitter that he'd be introducing a bill to decriminalize psychedelics in California. So I immediately texted him and said, hey, Scott, um, I saw your announcement. FYI, I just started this psychedelic nonprofit, and we have a launch panel on November 17th, which was a week later. So Scott agreed to come on, and that was his first public appearance about uh, SB5, what would become SB519. So from the very beginning, there was it just felt like forces were aligned behind us, and it's just it's just really continued. We got we were lucky enough to get some great coverage uh, with with Double Blind, 
And also, you know, um, a lot of our great press coverage is thanks to uh, Brad Burge uh, at Integration Communications. He was MAPS's Director of Strategic Communications for 10 years. And um, I think I reached out to him in about August of 2020. He had just started Integration Communications after being at MAPS for so long. And I think he was looking for new clients. And along I came. And so for, we were fortunate enough to um, get some of Brad's brilliance to help us really um, make the public aware of what we what we plan to do. So I want to spend the the, the second half of, of this show talking about um, literally what this this service offers, and as you and I talked about some of the questions listeners have. So let's wrap up this first half with with saying, okay, great, you you've you've you're out there. What was the public response? What was, you know, I can imagine there was a mixed bag. Talk us a little through about what those initial couple of weeks and months were like. The public response was, was overwhelming from the beginning. There was this feeling that the psychedelic um, community needs this service now. Um, at the time, we were in the heart of COVID. Right. So what we had, so what we had was um, access to psychedelics expanding because of uh, Oregon and DC and other cities like Denver and Oakland. We had uh, a, a mental health crisis that had been exacerbated by the COVID pandemic. So the confluence of those two things, more people trying psychedelics, more people learning about psychedelics, um, Occurring against the backdrop of a mental health crisis, that is a really um, risky com combination. And there's just simply no, until we existed, there's simply no uh, number that, that people could call. Either you, either you had psychedelic friendly friends, in which case you could call them if that felt okay, or you were completely alone with your psychedelic experience. And not only is that dangerous potentially at a personal level, um, but there is a risk that um, high profile bad accidents can derail the entire movement. Well, before we get into some of the more specifics of this and, and, and some of the listener questions, let's pause real quick. Shout out where people can follow you online, where they can find this, uh, obviously the number, all the stuff that you want everybody to know. Oh, thank you so much for that opportunity. So firesideproject.org is where you can find us on the internet. Our, our Instagram handle is at firesideproject. Our Twitter handle is at Glow Fireside, um, and our, our TikTok handle, we do have a, a growing TikTok presence, is at firesideproject.org. We would really encourage you to sign up for our newsletter, which comes out every few weeks. You can learn all about the latest that we're doing, and also um, you can also learn about volunteer opportunities as they arise. Hey, y'all. It's me, your host. I'm sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a fantastic episode of the podcast, but I have to give a quick shout out to my partner, Roadrunner CBD. They have been working with me for a while now, and I just love their products. They have everything from tinctures to muscle gels, and all of them are fantastic. You know, I rub the muscle gel on my legs before I run, and they keep me feeling pretty good, which is saying something. So check out Roadrunner today at their website, www.roadrunnercbd.com slash ref, R-E-F, 
slash CYS. Again, that's roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash CYS. And use the code CYS at checkout to let them know that I sent you and get 10% off. Trust me, you're going to love this. I've sent some of their products to a couple different people and they've all become repeat customers. So check it out today and don't forget to let them know that Choose Your Struggle sent you. Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and Choose Your Struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So as I said, the second half, I really want to focus on specifically what it is that the the hotline does. But before we get into that, we do have some listener questions that I'm going to I'm going to ask since we do. We have such a professional with us today who can answer some of these. So the first one uh, is one that I got to admit, I, I may have been familiar with this years ago, but I don't remember this myself. Uh, this person asked, is it true that I, again, I, I had never heard of this, so I'm very interested. Is it true that orange juice can can make your LSD trip stronger and milk can bring you down? Is I've never heard of this. Is this a a common myth or? I I, I I've heard the myth. I don't think that there's actually evidence behind it. Um, I. I, I I've heard a rumor that orange juice can can heighten an MDMA experience. Um, I don't know if it's true with LSD and milk. I cannot imagine <laughs> that is true. So I will say when, when someone said that to me, I was like, I once again, I've never heard this. I'm going to search it. And the only responses you get are from that uh, really t- famous sort of uh, moral panic of the guy who thought he was an orange juice story that apparently is not true at all. Uh, so I had never heard of this either, but I thought it was a very interesting question. Sure. Um, so the second one was somebody who had said I she would appreciate this shadow. She said I was listening to an earlier episode of Jay's and he said that it is uh, it's a lot harder to have a bad trip than is than we were taught, which is obviously we were told you know, if you have take LSD, you're going to have a bad like all that kind of stuff. She said, can you talk a little bit about ways to help prevent yourself from having a bad trip? Sure. Well, I think the f- the first thing that I would say is um, be careful of the term bad trip. Um, there are difficult trips. Uh, I don't think that there are bad trips. So uh, when we talk about like preparing for a trip, there's there's the uh, you know the great Timothy Leary turn of phrase set and setting. Yeah. You know your your setting is. Um, you know your your physical location. Where are you? Who is who is with you? What are what are you listening to? Uh, your set is your your mindset. What are you? What where are you emotionally? What is your intention for your psychedelic ex- experience? Um, so I think it's really important to be mindful of of set and setting and to do that preparation now psychedelics the way that they work are they are amplifiers of your of your subconscious the great phrase from Stanislav Grof is psychedelics are to the mind what the microscope is to biology and the telescope is to astronomy i love that phrase because it's just so um, it's so evocative of, of what is actually happening with a psychedelic experience. And so I think that sometimes um, when people have difficult trips, that's because there are things coming up for them that maybe uh, they weren't prepared uh, 
to deal with. Um, and I think that during those kind of challenging moments, first, it's important to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone with you who can hold space for you so you're not alone. Or you can call Fireside Project at 62Fireside, so 623-473-7433. Um, but difficult trips are unparalleled opportunities to learn about what is happening inside of you. Um, to learn about what your processes are. A lot of the reasons that we, that we suffer are because of habits of the mind, patterns of the mind. And so on psychedelics, sometimes those patterns can really be brought to the forefront of your consciousness so that you can't look away. That can be absolutely terrifying. But it's not bad because it's a golden opportunity for you to really um, learn about every part of yourself and to see where did those patterns originate and how might you change your relationship to those patterns. So I think even part of your part of one's um, set, if you will, is to understand that difficult moments may arise. You should have the expectation that difficult moments may arise. It's really what you do with those difficult moments uh, that, can, that can make the difference. Because if you try to suppress them, which we can sometimes do in our daily life, but on a psychedelic trip, if you try to suppress them, uh, they will only come back um, more, uh, more aggressively. So um, I think going into the trip, it's important to have the expectation that um, you may be shown unparalleled opportunities to learn about yourself. At first blush, those may seem uh, like bad moments, but, um, but in fact, those, those, they're difficult moments and they can be a doorway to unparalleled self-learning. Well, that was a, a beautiful answer. You answered the, one of the other listener questions too, so we'll, I'll skip that one. Uh, I will ask because because you mentioned this earlier. You know, when we talk about uh, psychedelic experiences, I would say probably before maybe a year ago, ninety nine out of a hundred was either psilocybin or LSD. Uh, ayahuasca is getting more focus, uh, but that's one I have no experience with. I've, I've I have never used it. Talk a little bit uh, for my listeners and for me about the uh, ayahuasca experience and and you know just knowing that this is something that most people are not familiar with. Sure. So ayahuasca is a, a brew that originated in the Amazon. It contains um, it contains many different things depending upon where you are, but but generally speaking, it contains uh, two substances. Um, there's the ayahuasca vine, Banisteriopsis copy, and uh, a bush, chacuna, and What's so miraculous about ayahuasca is, um, so chacruna, uh, the, the bush, contains a dimethyltryptamine, a very powerful psychedelic, but if you were to just uh, consume chacruna uh, orally by, by um, swallowing it, your, your a specific acid in your stomach, your MAOI enzyme would break it down. What's amazing is when you uh, cook together the chacruna bush and the Banisteriopsis copy vine, um, the vine contains an, an inhibitor of the very enzyme that would break down the, uh, the DMT. So, um, but there's so much more that's happening uh, in ayahuasca as well, and there are multiple active molecules that we're only beginning to, uh, to really learn about. Um, for me, the, you know, the experience of ayahuasca is, 
has been completely different every single time, even with the same group of people and with the same medicine. So I think that's what's so, um, um, uh, yeah. the feeling that I have with ayahuasca is it's really a very sentient um, medicine that that each that each experience each moment um, the you know the the spirit of the vine is kind of um, uh, showing me what I need to see in each moment and sometimes what I need to see is beautiful fractals and other times what I need to see and feel is absolutely nothing other than my own terror um, but it's all it's all for the purpose of helping me become a more loving and caring and self-aware person. So like with any um, you know psychedelic experience, it is so incredibly important to um, if you are going to have an ayahuasca experience, make sure that um, the group that you're sitting with, the person who's going to be leading the experience is a person of integrity. Um, the, the stories out there of um, facilitators being abusive towards clients is just is, is off the charts. And so it's just so important to do your research, make sure you can trust uh, the person in the group um, with whom you'll be having the experience. Thank you for that. That was that was very, I think, a really interesting take. Um, so, so all right. Now that we've established a little bit of, of truth here, so talk a little bit about both. I guess this is kind of difficult, but for listeners who may have experience with psychedelics and those who wouldn't, uh, when would somebody call the hotline and kind of what that experience would be like uh, for somebody who did? Sure. I really appreciate that question. And and we always push back a little bit on the phrase hotline because the services that we offer are so much broader. And we chose the, chose the name Psychedelic Peer Support Line uh, very deliberately. Uh, so there are a whole range of reasons why people can reach out to us. Um, the, the, the first, and I think the most obvious to a lot of people is if they're having a challenging psychedelic experience, they can call us and they can text us. So we offer both forms of support and we'll soon be offering live chat. And so again, six to fireside, six, two, three, four, seven, three, seven, four, three, three. Another time when uh, someone can reach out to us is if they're supporting another person who's having a psychedelic experience. And this is fairly common. Um, you've decided to trip sit for your friend and things start getting really intense and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to best support your friend. So you can call or text us in those circumstances. Another time you can reach out to us and actually um, most of our calls are for the following purpose. It's you, you need help processing the meaning of a past psychedelic experience, whether it happened last night or 25 years ago. And we've had the full range. If you think of a psychedelic experience as among the most spiritually significant experiences of your life, um, that can really highlight why you need to actually process the experience. We call that integration. Um, so um, that integration process can take any number of forms. It's different for every person. But talking about what happened during the experience and how you're, you're coming back to ordinary reality is, is really important. 
around. And we've had a lot of people reach out to us, you know, who um, who had a beautiful psychedelic experience, and they just want to they just want to talk about a beautiful experience they had. We also have people reach out to us who uh, who tried talking to friends and family, but were uh, pathologized. Uh, oh, you took drugs. Of course, you're not feeling great. You you, had, you took drugs. Drugs mess up your brain. And that's a that's a traumatizing experience. And we've had people reach out to us uh, just for support in literally processing not only their psychedelic experience, but the trauma of telling people about that experience who they thought they could uh, trust and rely upon. So what happens when you reach out to Fireside Project? So our our um, kind of animating idea is that we meet you wherever you are. We're not guides. We have no agenda other than to support you in what you are going through. So the first thing that happens when you reach out to us is you speak to uh, what we call a connector. And their job is to figure out what's happening here. Are you having a, a crisis? If so, we'll make sure that you're immediately connected to a volunteer and don't have to wait even for a moment. Um, or if you're having an integration experience and the other uh, volunteers are um, are on the line, then maybe there, there would have to be a short waiting period, although almost certainly there's never a waiting period at Fireside Project. And then once you're connected to a volunteer, um, it's really up to you how you would like to use that time and how long the conversation uh, may go. We've had some conversations that have gone on for hours, others that have lasted for one minute. And we really, really, I want to emphasize, we are not guides. It's you who are the, um, you are driving the experience. And really, we, what we like to say is we trust the process. The process unfolds as it's meant to unfold. And our job is to support you in that process and to be a container for you as that process unfolds. So what does that mean? It's a lot of um, active listening and, and, re and reflecting back what, what you've said. That can be so powerful if you've never had that um, happen to you. And also there's just a lot of um, what we call like validation and normalization. So the first thing that happens often is uh, the person, the caller asks us, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, let's say I'm tripping so hard on acid. Have you ever taken acid before? And the power of peer support, the power of shared lived experience is that we can say, yes, we have. Yeah, I've been there. It's, it's really, really intense. And it's that moment that often happens at the very beginning of the conversation where powerful connection is built and trust is established because we've had our own lived experiences with psychedelics and we can bring those lived experiences to bear to, to support you. Well, I love that, that 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 peer connection part is so important. My listeners all appreciate that. I just put the number in my phone, and <laughs> and uh, as my listeners know, I really with, with stuff like this, I like to try it myself. So I will give you all a call before this episode goes out, so I'll be able to talk about it on the intro. Um, so, so there's so many different things. We obviously don't have time for everything, but I do have one sort of one last question before we go into the final the final questions, and that is uh, obviously the service is free for people who call. So, so talk a little bit about how y'all are, are are supported funding wise, how people can support you. Um, what does that look like? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. And actually, just to sort of hop back to you know to something you said previously, like 
we encourage everyone to call in just to just to test it out. Um, you can absolutely do that if you, you know you just. We have a lot of people calling and saying, "Is this real?" Um, and you can call in, verify for yourself that it's real, and maybe you just want to chat for a few minutes about a psychedelic experience you had. 10 years ago, just to see, well, what is it like to talk to um, a peer on the phone about a psychedelic experience? Do that. See what it's like. See if you feel a nice connection. And then maybe if you are in the midst of a psychedelic experience, um, you, you will have already had a conversation with us. So call in and test it out for sure. I love um, it. Yes, listeners definitely do that. <laughs> um, so, in terms of how we're supported, so we're you know, we're a, we're a nonprofit, and we're um, we're we're donation based. Uh, we like to say, you know, you're just as your local NPR public radio station is listener supported. We're community supported. So you can go to our website and you can make a tax deductible donation. Uh, you can also donate by crypto. We really encourage people to um, to make kind of like monthly donations, even if it's five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. Um, that's really what keeps us going. And then we're also lucky enough to have um, some philanthropic support from uh, Dr. Bronner's um, Psychedelic Spotlight and and other donors. But if you can uh, if you can spare any any money, and if you think this is a service that should exist. Uh, we would highly um, encourage you to, um, you know, to make to make those donations. Or if someone comes to mind that you think may be a good fit for donating, then um, please do send them our way. Um, but we're, um, we're we're a community organization, and we need the support of our community to keep going. Well, I love it. I definitely support it. And I think that is a perfect transition into once again, shouting out where people can find you, follow you, support you, all of the important things. Sure. I think the most important thing, Jay, is to put us in your phone. 62Fireside. 623-473-7433. Um, we're actually going to be coming out with an app in a couple of weeks. Um, and really the app is, it's, it's a UI uh, for someone tripping. So you open it up and it's a button that says call and a button that says text. But in the meantime, do put us in your phone at 623-473-7433 and just call us or text us and see what it's like. Uh, our current hours are, um, we're only open five days a week for the moment. Uh, it's Thursday through Sunday, 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific and Monday, 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific. But in the fall, we'll be expanding to uh, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So three to three. And then just uh, follow us on social media, Fireside Project. So on, on, let's see, Instagram, TikTok, it's at Fireside Project. Twitter, it's at Glow Fireside. And you can find all of that on our website, firesideproject.org. But um, give us a call, check it out, see if you feel a nice connection, see if you feel supported. And then, um, and we like to say real time support for when time doesn't seem real. And uh, that's, I think, it's a pretty good description, I think. Can, can I get like a sticker or a shirt with that? I love the slogan. Uh, well, funny you should ask. So we have amazing, we're, we're working on, um, we're working on clothes and we do have amazing stickers that an artist called Wokeface, um, at Wokeface on Instagram created for us. And if you'd like some stickers, uh, we'll send them to you for free. So if you, if you go to our website or you email us at info at firesideproject.org, there are some 
these stickers are so <laughs> rad. <laughs> this artist just literally created this design, posted it on Instagram. And we were like, wow, this is so cool. Uh, can we put this on a sticker? And they said, yes. So uh, check it out and we'll just send you stickers for free. And then, you know, that's another thing you can do, by the way, like it, wherever you live, um, if there's like a, a music venue or just a spot where people uh, go who may be having psychedelic experiences, just have us send you some stickers. And you can also print out some amazing flyers from our website. Uh, and yeah, just spread the word in all of the ways that, that, um, that, that, that you'd like. I, I love that. I will echo it. You know, my, my listeners know because I send out stickers all the time, uh, for a lot of different things on this show. One of the, my favorite things is when I get emails from people or, or, or text saying, Hey, look what I found. And it's, it's my logo. So yes, oh, yeah. uh, definitely reach out and ask for some stickers, uh, and put them up everywhere. So we always finish with the same couple of questions. The first mm. of which is, uh, what are your self care habits? Hmm. Great. That's a great question. Um, I meditate. I think that that's vital for me. Um, I go for long walks in, um, in, in, well, what we call nature here in San Francisco, but that's often, uh, through Christy Fields and the Presidio. And, um, for me, I, I process externally. So for me, it's really important uh, to have long and deep conversations with friends. Um, and then also, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have health insurance that covers mental health um, therapy. So I, I do speak to a therapist as well. I, I love that the processing externally rather than internally because we preach a lot to people. Oh, spend time by yourself, think about things. And, and that's great advice too. But there are a lot of people who like, I mean, but I figure things out by talking to people, you know? And so I very much appreciate that and underscore that. Uh, final question is we've now spent the last 40 plus minutes hearing why you're amazing. All this work is fantastic. But this is your chance to shout out some other people that you follow, that you are inspired by, that we should all go check out. Mm, love that. Um, the first is my, uh, my co-founder, Hanifa Niall Washington, is one of the most amazing um, musicians and speakers that I've ever come across. Um, I would check her out at Hands of Hanifa. So if you go to Instagram, it's at Hands of Hanifa. She is brilliant. Um, my other co-founder, Adam Rubin, is a truly exquisite writer on, on psychedelic-related topics. And so um, you can find his, um, his zines on um, psychedelic risk reduction at itsokayharmreduction.com. So check out Adam Rubin. Some of his writings are also on our website. Um, other nonprofits in this space that I love uh, Fruiting Bodies uh, is a collective in Oregon that's creating um, really uh, trainings for uh, facilitators who um, that really um, are through the lens of social justice and equity and inclusion. So Fruiting Bodies Collective is absolutely amazing. And, um, and of course, MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, more than any nonprofit, they have been foundational in, in my life and the work that I've done. So at Maps News, and then finally the Zendo Project. Um, 
the Zendo project provides in-person risk reduction at events, and they're also developing first responder trainings for um, jurisdictions that have decriminalized psychedelics. So, so much love in my heart for the Zendo project. They're part of MAPS. If you're not familiar with their work, check them out at Zendo Project. Uh, it's at Zendo Project on Instagram. Follow their newsletter and, um, and everything that they offer because it's just, it's just so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for all of that. And thank you, Josh, so much for taking the time. This has been fascinating. I am sure the listeners are going to love it. And, and as I said, I'm going to give the, give the, the line a call before, before this comes out and I'll be able to talk about it more on the intro. Thank you so much, Jay. I really appreciate the opportunity to all of your listeners. Thank you so much for, for listening. And, um, I, I hope that our service can uh, can support you at some point, and I would just be honored if you could spread the word in your communities. The Choose Your Struggle podcast has been so lucky to have numerous truly change-making authors on this show. From Adi Jaffe to Emily Dufton, we have been blessed by hearing them speak, and now it's time to grab their works. Now, you could go to Amazon if you wanted to shop online, but let's be honest, that's not the right choice. So I'm going to invite you to head over to my partner, Bookshop. If you go to bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS, again, that's bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS, you're going to find all of your favorite books and you're going to support the podcast in the process. But that's not even the best part. Bookshop has an incredible program that allows you to select your favorite mom and pop or neighborhood bookstore, and they will give them some of the proceeds from your order. Now, living here in Philly, that's been a really hard choice because we have fantastic bookstores all over, but I selected Harriet's, which is a truly wonderful black-owned bookstore in Northern Philly. I love it. My wife loves it. We go there as much as we can. Honestly, why would you go anywhere else? So again, go check out Bookshop at bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS. You're going to find the book you're looking for. You're going to support your neighborhood bookstore, and you're going to support the podcast in the process. So check it out today and go ahead and buy that book you've been waiting for. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash choose your struggle. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the incredible conversation with, with Joshua White. I I think back on some of the difficult trips. I, I, let me actually dive into that for a second, because I love that idea that there are no such thing as bad trips. Now, I will say there are some bad experiences I've had while tripping, but he's right. I mean, the, the trips themselves are not bad. They're difficult. Um, and most of the, the experiences I've had that were, were less than ideal uh, were could have been made better by a service like this, like, like, like fireside. So I wish that this had existed back when I was still doing that a lot. Uh, that's not really a thing I do as much anymore, but in the future, if, if I am in a situation, uh, I, I know what I would do. Um, literally this would be my first call. I am so thankful that this exists. So thank you to Joshua and his entire team, uh, for existing and for doing what they do. 
Now, we are going to use the You Are Enough card packs uh, in, in honor of the Wendy story last week uh, from Blurt. So thank you, Blurt. And here is your card. If bees only gathered nectar from perfect flowers, they wouldn't be able to make a single drop of honey. That's a quote from Matt Sean, Matt, excuse me, Matt Shauna Dilwavo, um, which is a really fantastic quote. I like that a lot. That is true. Uh, and that kind of reminds me of something that I say a lot, which is that if you wouldn't say it to uh, your your friend, you shouldn't be saying it to yourself. You know, if you're holding yourself up to the standard, oh, but I'm me. I got to tell you, I, I, I get it. Uh, this is something I've worked really hard on. And I, yeah, at times I still struggle with that. Like most people do, but you know, we all have those people in our lives who, uh, refuse to, let's say, see a therapist or, or, um, refuse to do any sort. I actually have somebody in my life who is like, thinks mindfulness is stupid. And then there's just stressed out all the time. And I'm like, Hey, you know, this could be a good idea. No. Why would you think I need that? How dare you? And, and, you know, obviously that's coming from a place of hurt and from pain and, and I feel bad for them, but that doesn't, mean it's not hard on the people in their lives you know uh when when uh, as i like to say and i've said to some of these people if your brain or, or, or if your your body was in the state that your brain is right now you would go to the doctor right if you had a broken ankle you would go to the doctor if your body was hurting as much as your brain is hurting you would you would go to the doctor you go to a physical therapist you do the exercises but when it comes to where our brains, we uh, buy into that stigma. So, uh, you know, it's not their fault. That That is the stigma that we live with. But there's so much being done. Um, it does. It is frustrating at times. I'm not immune to that of being frustrated when I, I have people like that in my life. So, uh, you know, nobody is perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect flower. And we all have to give ourselves a break sometime. Uh, so your good eggs for this week is twofold. Number one, of course, try the Fireside Project peer support line. Give it a call. As Joshua said, you know, it's just great to chat with the people who get it right. Call in, ha ask him some questions. Um, and, 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 you know, I asked him a couple of listener questions on here. And if you have more, give them a call. They will be unjudgmental and they will be happy to help. But number two. Uh, I just came from lunch with a family member and was telling uh, her how much I love hearing from y'all. It was it's something I tell everybody. So as I am super stressed out this week, once you hear this, um, I will be literally on Friday moving a bunch of stuff and then over the weekend driving 10 hours back to, to Pennsylvania with stuff and unloading. It's a lot. I am stressed out. It's a lot. Reach out. Send me a message. Um, you know, send me an email, whatever, however you contact me and you know, it can be as simple as, you know, love the episode, right? That's the kind of stuff that makes me happy. And I really would love to hear from you this weekend. So uh, without further ado, as always, spread love, be vulnerable, show your empathy, and choose your struggle.